Welcome to this morning's service. We are one week away from Christmas, therefore the decorations and uh, I was watching some of your expressions as you came in. You're like, hey, wow, what is, what is all this? What this is, is this is a lot of work by a few people. I want to thank all of you who are part of the setup every week. And uh, you guys really hit it out of the ballpark this morning. We appreciate you. Thank you for what you do. Uh, there's a group of people, men and women, that come together on Saturday mornings at 7 a.m. And they set up uh, all this nice stuff. And so... We thank you if ever you say, hey, I, I don't know what to do in the church. There's nothing for me to do. <laughs> Let's start there. That would be a great place for you to start. See me if you have any questions. But um, so this morning we are kind of preparing for Christmas. I hope you are too. Um, I know sometimes things can get really busy. Um, I think especially as Christians, we need to be very intentional about not losing sight of what it is that Christmas is about if we choose to celebrate Christmas. Uh, it's, it's a celebration as we recognize and remember the birth of our Lord and Savior. And so today I'm going to preach a little bit about, uh, you know, having to do with Christmas out of Matthew chapter 2. Uh, but really tonight is what I want to announce. Tonight at 6 p.m. Uh, we plan on having a Christmas celebration. That's going to be a service that was planned for outdoor. I don't know if you got the newsletter. It still says outdoor. That's my fault because we did make a decision late this week to bring it indoors. Um, first, for a while there, the forecast said that it might rain, you know, 30%. We, we didn't want to risk it. And then uh, it looks like it's definitely not going to rain, but it's really cold. And... and um, I often hear people tell me that on Sunday mornings it's really cold in here, so I'm guessing if we're at 6 p.m. outdoors, it'll be probably too cold or cold enough for, for the weather to be distracting. So we're going to move it indoors. It's going to be really special. Uh, we have a nice, really, really nice setup already, but we plan on having... Uh, so tonight we're really going to focus on Christmas and, and celebrating that, okay? So uh, we hope you join us at 6 p.m. It'll be indoors. It'll be nice and warm. Great time for you to invite friends or family members, uh, neighbors. Um, we told you uh, if, if you bring somebody in, uh, it's, I, I don't think it's a gimmick. It's just us saying we want to be intentional about reaching out to people around us. And so if you bring somebody to you, make sure they go by our, our guest table. They're, they're going to receive a lay so that everybody could see who they are. Um, there was one here. I don't see it, but, um, and then we're going to have a bunch of raffles, but we're going to focus on Christmas. And, and I think the raffle part is, it's, it's a special day in which we give. Uh, I know next week I plan on preaching on, on the gift and the gift giver. And so Christmas, one of the things that we can take advantage of this day is to be like our Lord in that we give uh, and just spread God's love. So we hope to see you tonight at 6. We're really excited about that, looking forward to it. And um, be sure to make it. If you have any questions, see any of the elders, uh, reach out to me and be glad to answer any of those. Let me mention some important uh, dates really quick. Uh, a week from today, Lord willing, it'll be Christmas Day. It'll be a little bit different because Christmas Day will be on Sunday morning. So we plan on having a combined service. I've had a lot of people this week more than any other time asking me, hey, is today a combined service? Next, what's going on? So all the information is on, on our newsletter. If you don't receive it, let's get you on there. But a week from today, Lord willing, Christmas Day, combined service at 11 a.m. That'll be different at 11. And then New Year's combined service 
at 11 as well. Uh, I'll mention that uh, next week on Christmas Day, we plan on having baptisms. We have at least one person who said, I've met with them and wants to get baptized, so we're really excited about that. If you are not baptized, if you have any questions about baptism, I would love to sit down with you and have a conversation. Any of the elders would love to do the same. Um, but if you're not baptized, let's look into um, the fact that the Lord Jesus Christ is the one that, that commands us to be baptized. And so um, I'm sure there's some of you that might have some questions about that. And just know next week we are planning on having baptisms. Also, on the 31st, New Year's Eve, 9 p.m., we plan on having a service, just kind of, not really a service, a get-together uh, to bring in the new year and just spend some fellowship time with one another. It'll be potluck style. Uh, it'll, there's going to be a special contest, like an ugly sweater contest. Some of you guys, uh, I will not say anything about that. That could have been offensive. Uh, ugly sweater contest. See Patty if you have any questions. But that should also be a really, really nice time. We've had it in the past, and it's been very successful, and it's been a blessing. So talk to Patty uh, Ortega if you have any questions about that. For tonight, I'll just mention Le if Leanne hasn't hit you up personally, she would love for you to bring some cookies or uh, brownies or anything like that to, to share tonight. We won't have a meal. We'll have refreshments, some, uh, some warm drinks, and also cookies and little snacks like that. And uh, we would love for you to participate in that. Okay, a lot of stuff happening with this, uh, you know, as we end up this, as we gear and get ready to end this year. Um, if you go outside to my left in the portico, you'll see a couple of tables that have some sheets with information on there. Those are all about our growth groups. I'm super pleased. I don't, th I don't know that I can properly convey this. The fact that we had over 100 people from our church and even people that don't attend our church because of distance and such, and we, and we have some online options, We've had over 100 people participate in our growth groups. That's really good. But you know really good is not good enough for me. What would what, what, what really please me as a pastor of a congregation, of this congregation, is for everybody that belongs to Crosspoint to be part of a growth group. I'm super pleased that this, this trimester number one for the new year, starting in January, we're going to offer 12, 12 groups. So there's going to be 12 groups for you to choose from. Um, this morning, I'm pleased to, to invite Tony up here. Tony Pena is one of our elders, and uh, he's going to talk to you a little bit about growth groups, and he might throw a little plug in there for his own growth group. I don't know. I don't know. Hello, hello. All right. <clears throat> oh. Good morning, everybody. My name is Tony, and I am one of the growth group leaders, and uh, I have the honor and the privilege to do the online class. So my class will be on Wednesday nights at 8 o'clock, we do it through Google Meet, so uh, you can uh, dress in your pajamas if you want. That's my own. I'm the only growth group that you can show up in your pajamas, um, I think. Uh, so, so mine's online. It's Wednesday nights. It's 8 to typically 9, 9.30. No, no, I'm sorry, 9.30. Sometimes as late as 10 if I'm long-winded that day. Um, but I want to share with you a little bit about what we're going to be studying. I'm really excited about this semester. This, this is going to be a really fun semester for us. So if you guys, uh, for those that attended my last class, we talked, uh, we, we went through the uh, book of um, Ephesians, and what was really neat was every single person in that class had an opportunity to give their testimony. And that was really said that that was the first, test, that's the first time they've ever shared some of the things that they shared. 
We got really personal, and it was fantastic. It was a beautiful class. I can't tell you how many times people, uh, myself included, uh, really just were brought to tears. And uh, we had a really nice dinner and um, a wonderful prayer, wonderful fellowship. So even though it's online, there's still some opportunities to get together and do, and we will. But this this um, is it me? Uh, we're really taking the thought of the discipleship process even further. So part of the discipleship process is to prepare every single person that comes to Crosspoint to not only grow in their faith, but also be able to share their faith. So this semester, what we're going to be talking about on the online class is that we're going to be covering uh, some biblical truths. So as a believer, what are some biblical truths you need to know to be a Christian? And we're going to cover those. And they're really exciting. And so we're going to be covering some of those biblical truths in this class. Uh, but be forewarned, if you do sign up, you're going to have homework. We do, I do give homework every single week, and it's expected you're going to do it. And then number two is you're going to share, you're going to give an opportunity throughout the class to actually prepare a Bible study on one of those biblical truths and give it to the class. So you're not going to sit there, and my goal is for everyone to come up to the class or come to the class, both learn, grow, and teach. So sometime during that class, you'll have an opportunity to share one of those biblical truths. Don't freak out. I'll be there. We'll be meeting offline to help you uh, with that, uh, with that preparation. So if you're a little bit nervous or scared, I say that's great because this is going to prepare you for sharing your faith, for sharing the good news of salvation with those people around you at work, at home, neighbors, cousins, and so forth. So I'm really excited. Uh, Mike was right. I, it's going to be a, a little plug. Make sure you sign up. Today, we don't have the ability to sign up for the classes just yet, but if you want to put your name on one of the, one of the lists, whether it's mine or whatever suits your, uh, your availability best, go ahead and sign up on the piece of paper or just wait next week. By the end of next week, we'll have it uh, ready, available online for you to register, okay? Thank you very much. Merry Christmas, and uh, God bless you guys. All right, be honest. How many of you guys got a little nervous and scared when you said, you know, you're going to teach and give your testimony? I saw you guys. Um, I love it. I hope, I hope there's a little bit of that because without, without um, discomfort, there probably isn't a lot of growth happening. Growth is painful. Uh, so thank you, Tony. Uh, so today will be a great day for you to go by the portico, take a look at the descriptions of each class, the scheduling. Um, uh, we're really pleased that we're going to have a, like a beginner's class this time around that the Durans are going to teach. We're going to have an online Spanish option for people that are Spanish speakers but can't really maybe make it to an in-person one on Sundays. So we're going to have two in Spanish. Uh, on Monday nights, just as kind of quick highlights, on Monday nights there's going to be a group that's going to meet upstairs with Luis Robles, and they are going to do a class on hermeneutics. But don't panic. You're like, what is that? That's basic biblical interpretation. So if you're thinking, you know what, I've never really studied the Bible, I've read it, uh, I kind of understand it, but I don't really know, I don't have a good grasp of, of what this is. I know it's the Word of God, but I, I don't feel like I have a good grasp of it. This class will be perfect for you. So uh, I think most of uh, the growth group leaders are going to be there, uh, available to answer questions, meet them if you don't know them, take, I mean, how... Well, if I, I would just, and, and this, some of this is going to be in the message today about seeking God, but how cool would it be for you to purpose in your heart that 2023 is going to be different? 
in a special way, that you're going to make the studying of God's Word a priority, your relationship with God a priority. And that's what Crosspoint is here to help you with. All right? Super excited. <clears throat> Reach out if you have any questions. If you feel a little bit nervous about it, you know, I'm not going to say it's the Holy Spirit tugging at you, but he very well be. All right? So be a little nervous. That's okay. Take a step of faith. I believe you will not regret it. Um, if you came in, you wish to participate in taking communion with us and you did not receive or get one of these, please raise your hand. We'll have one of our ushers come by and give you one. Um, if you came in and you didn't grab a worksheet, shame on you, shame on you. Uh, maybe you want to raise your hand and get one of those too if those are available. I saw a lot of people walking in, I didn't see it. Maybe you tucked it in your Bible. All right. I'm not, I'm not standing back there judging everybody, by the way. I'm really glad to see everyone here. Everybody that comes in through the door is a blessing in my heart. So this morning, I want to share with you Galatians chapter 4, verse 4. You know, the men's group meet on, uh, the men meet on Friday nights at 7 here at church. We won't be meeting this Friday, but every other Friday we plan on meeting. We're studying the book of Galatians and a wonderful letter. Galatians 4, 4 is applicable, I think, for us to take communion, but also during this time of getting ready for Christmas. Listen to this verse. Paul says in Galatians 4, 4, But when the fullness of the time had come, God sent forth his Son, born of a woman, born under the law, and then verse 5 says, to redeem those who were under the law that we might receive the adoption of so as sons. Lots to say here, but, you know, some, every year, almost every year without uh, fault, um, we have uh, people ask me, do you guys celebrate Christmas? Is it okay to celebrate Christmas? And I would say, matter of conscience, if you don't want to celebrate Christmas because you think it's a pagan holiday and it's all about commercialism, don't celebrate it. If you do celebrate it, uh, I say we celebrate it for the right reason, uh, as depicted here in our stage with the nativity scene, it's the, the, the birth of our Lord. When was he born exactly? We don't know. Was it the 25th of December? Most likely not. Was it in year one? Most likely not. Most scholars agree that it was a little bit later than that, that our calendar's a little bit off. None of that matters. What does matter is this, that at the fullness of time, when the fullness of time had come, meaning when God determined it was the right time, God sent forth his son, the second person of the Holy Trinity, to be born of a woman that would have been Mary as a virgin. He was born under the law, and he was born for this purpose, to redeem or to buy back those who were under the law. That would be you and me, even though we existed 2,000 years later, that we might receive the adoptions as sons. A Christian is a child of God. A Christian is somebody who has been born of God. And that's one of many reasons why I believe that a Christian cannot lose their salvation. There is no way that God is going to say, I adopt you as my child, and then because you've been naughty and bad, I'm going to reject you as my child, and maybe I'll take you back. He, we've been adopted as God's children. And you know that adoption, even, even in a regular adoption, here in the U.S. is irrevocable. If you adopt a child, you can't divorce a child. From what I understand, it's irrevocable. 
If it's that in the flesh, I believe even more so in the spirit. At the right time, God sent forth his son, our Lord, to be born of Mary, of a woman, in order that he would pay the ultimate price so that he would buy us back. The Lord's death on the cross is sufficient for all of your sins and my sins and sufficient to cover and pay for all the sins of the world. That's the message of Christmas. That's the message of the gospel. That though we are all sinners, God, at the right time, sent forth his son to die in our place at the cross. As we peel back the first layer, you take the bread. It is unleavened because it symbolizes the sinless body of our Lord Jesus Christ that hung on that cross for our sin. Let's take that together. As you peel back the second layer, this juice represents the precious blood of our Lord Jesus that was shed on our behalf as the very payment for our sins. Let's take that together. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we're grateful for your blessings. We're grateful for you allowing us to be here this morning. A lot going on, I'm sure, in all of our lives, but we're grateful that we've You've put it in us, I believe, to set this time aside, not just out of tradition or um, out of habit, but, Father, that we are here intentionally seeking you, that we're here intentionally to worship you, to learn to worship you, to learn to appreciate you, to recognize the fact that you're worthy of our time, of our treasures, of everything that we are, everything that we have. Thank you. I thank you for everybody who's here. For those joining us online, we're grateful. Father, we pray your blessing on each and every one of us, that through your word and through your Holy Spirit, you would teach us and transform us to be ever more like your son for your glory. We pray in Jesus' wonderful name. Amen. All right, beloved, let's get right to it. I know we're really, um, we're going to zoom here and get right into our message I'm going to read Matthew chapter 2. It's probably a very well-known uh, passage. It's a, a, we would, we would uh, call it a Christmas passage. The title of this morning's message is Wise Seekers. Wise Seekers. And we're going to look at uh, these wise men that came from the East in order to worship the Messiah, the promised Savior of the world. And before I read it, the main point is this, that we glorify God by seeking Him above all else. We glorify God by seeking Him above all else, that He would be the most important factor in our lives, motivation in our lives, the most important goal in our lives, the most important relationship in our lives. We glorify God by seeking Him above all else. Let me do the reading. Matthew Chapter 2, verses 1, I'm going to read all the way to verse 12. It says, Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, seeking and saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. 
And when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. So they all said to him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet, But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are, are not the least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod, when he had secretly called the wise men, determined from them what time the star had appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the young child. And when you have found him, bring back word to me that I may come and worship him also. Now when they heard the king, they departed. And behold, the star which they had seen in the east went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceedingly great joy. And when they had come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary his mother and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented gifts to him, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Then, being divinely warned in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed for their own country another way. What a, what a beautiful, what an interesting scene. One that most of us have been familiar with throughout the years. There's a lot of details and a lot of things that we can get into. But uh, what I want to do this morning is just take a big, the big picture here and say, these were wise men. They were wise because they sought the Messiah. And they went through extraordinary circumstances to get to see the risen or the, the newborn king of the Jews. They came from the east. Uh, most scholars, I believe, they maybe from the Babylonian area. It's interesting. I know some of our growth groups, they study Daniel. But Daniel, along with his uh, other Israelite Buddies and, and the, the nation of Israel right around the 6th century B.C. had been taken captive to Babylon for 70 years. And there was a lot of wisdom that the Jews carried with. And we don't know exactly where these wise men knew, how they knew about, you know, the Messiah being born, around what time, what sign to look for. But we know that the Israelites had been taken captive six centuries before and it's very possible that through those interactions, they knew about the coming Messiah. And so they were looking for the signs that we've talked in the past, and we talked how God has always worked through signs as well for, for legitimate reasons, for people that are uh, in, in real need, not out of disbelief. And so what we want to look at is look at these wise men and say, how do we learn from people like that? Are there still wise people around? And what are we and what, what makes us wise? Is it the fact that we, we've climbed the corporate ladder? Is it that we've been successful in our business ventures? Is it that we graduated top in our class? What is it that would define you? Or how would you define wisdom in your life? And I would love to propose to you that wisdom is found in seeking God. And I think a message like this is very appropriate as we end a whole year, 2022, and we start getting ready for 2023. That's why I say, you know, for us to have this mentality, I'm going to seek God like never before. 
I think if most of us are sincere, we could say, all of us, including myself, I'll put myself in, in front of the line, that I've never sought the Lord as well as I could. That there's always been some reservation. That I've never fully, fully given myself over to follow, to seek, to obey, to know, to enjoy the Lord. And so every year when it comes around, I'm excited to, to wrap up a year, to really take a look at it and analyze it and, and evaluate it and then look forward to a new year and say, what changes do I need to make in my relationship with the Lord? And beloved, the more I do that for me, the more everything else falls into place. I don't have this verse in, 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 in the notes, but if you want to write it down, Matthew 6.33, a great verse. The Lord Jesus Christ speaking to, you know, the, the Sermon on the Mount. And in there, in 6.33 of Matthew, he's talking about how people, godless people, seek after all these things. What to wear, what to eat, where am I going to live, what am, all these worldly, necessary but mundane things. And then the Lord says, but you... He says, but seek first, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and everything else that everybody deals with and worries about will be added onto you. Boy, if we could just take God's word as, 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 the val as valuable as it is for us to say, in 2023, I'm going to seek first God's kingdom and his righteousness and trust that because he's my shepherd, everything else is going to be taken care of. Does that mean we become irresponsible and no longer study at school or work hard at work or plan for the future? That's not what that means. But it's a matter of priority. Wise people seek God. And what would I love to have here at Crosspoint? I want to be a wise person that seeks God, and I want our congregation to be filled with wise people. And what makes us wise? That we seek the Lord. We make him a priority in our lives like these men did so let's take a look at it. This morning what we want to do is we're going to, we're going to uh, complete this phrase, being a wise seeker of God means. Being a wise seeker of God means, point number one, that you move towards him. That you move towards him. We can't call ourselves followers of Christ. But in the same sentence we're like, but you know what? For the last couple years, I just feel stuck. Well, if you're stuck, you're not a follower of Christ, or at least you're not following him, because if you're following him, that's an action word. You can't say, I'm following someone, but I'm just stuck. I'm not sacrificing. I'm not moving. And here we see in Matthew 2, 1, it says that after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem. They didn't just send a text message they didn't send somebody else. Why don't you go and then come back and tell me about it? What made these men wise is that they were willing to move towards him. And, and I don't want to get into the sacrifice that it required. Traveling those kinds of distances in those days was very dangerous. It was a high-risk move. And they brought with them a treasure to, to offer to the Lord. They would have been, you know prime prey to, to uh, scavengers and, and, and uh, thieves. And, and yet they saw a sign that they, they knew about. 
And because of that one sign, they were willing to say, hey, let's get together. Let's plan for it. Got a little, uh, I'm sure it was a good-sized group. It wasn't just three people traveling. I'm, I'm certain of that. They got this party together, and they travel westward in search of the Messiah. I mean, they could have done so many other things. Can you just imagine the first person that sees the sign? I'm pretty sure that's the sign. Yeah, but what if it's not? Hey, did you hear about growth groups for 2020? Yeah, but, but what if it's not as good as Tony said? What if it's not for me? You, you allow the enemy to start messing with you, get in your mind, and what if? Yeah, but what if? What if something important comes up? And, and what, if, what if this happens? What if your, your team changes schedule, and then you, you're going to look bad, because then you, you... I'm just saying the, amount, the sacrifice that these men were willing to go through is admirable. And it makes them, in God's eyes, wise people. I mean, they were probably already smart, and if you do a study on what these magi were, they were special individuals already. But I think in God's eyes, what makes them wise is the fact that they saw the sign and they were willing to take those steps of faith. I mean, had I been one of those, I would have said, what if we don't find them? What a waste of time, imagine. I mean, they didn't just jump on a train and, you know, the next day they, they landed there. This, this was no doubt weeks, if not months, of travel time. And again, sacrifice and danger, planning that it required. But they were willing to move towards the sign. And beloved, you know, the Bible repeatedly, as Christians, we walk by faith not by sight. If you're the kind of person that has issues with control, it's like, I want to make sure. Hey, if I'm going to sign up to a growth group, I want to be sure that I'm going to get my money's worth. Well, we don't charge anything, so you're probably going to get your money's worth. But if, if you go in with the right attitude, it's going to be worth it. You're not going to have all the answers. And whether it's growth groups or service teams or, or even committing to say, you know what, I'm tired of going to church one week and then missing two weeks and then being there two weeks and then missing three weeks and one week and like, I want to commit to being there on Sunday morning every week, no matter the cost, with few exceptions, of course. What's normal? I'm just saying, let's look at how we're following the Lord. Are we wise in how we are seeking God? Or do we need to make some changes? And, and your, your worksheet, the handout, has some questions for you to really think about that and work through those. Listen to James 4.8. It says, draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. James is a tough letter, or it's a letter that is tough on people that claim to be Christians and don't have much to show for it. But I think the principle here is, is important. We get to draw near to God. And what do you have to do to draw near to God? You've got to move towards him. God is unchangeable. He's immovable. If ever you feel God distant from you, it's not because he moved away from you. It's because you have probably decided to be that wandering sheep away from the fold because you thought something out there was better, and all of a sudden you can't find your way back. Well, stop and listen to God's voice and follow him. He hasn't moved. We have. But to be a wise seeker of God means we have to move towards him. And that could mean a lot of different things, but it could also be very applicable. And I'll say it again. I think it's really important. 
committing to a growth group is you moving towards God. Because it's not about checking off a box. It's about saying you're committing yourself to spiritual growth, and we're offering you an opportunity to do it in community. Develop some friendships at church. Isaiah 55, 1 says, Come, all you who are thirsty, come to the waters. And you who have no money, come buy and eat. I love that. Wait a minute. Come, you who have no money, to buy food and satisfy yourself? That's speaking of grace. Come to God. And when you come to God, guess what you have to impress him with? Zero. You have nothing to offer God. We come to him as beggars because we understand he has the bread of life. And he's the one that says, come to me. If you're thirsty, I'll give you living water. Come to me. You who have no money, you who are broke, come and buy. What does that mean? You're going to come and buy, but I'm going to give it to you. Come, all you who are thirsty. Come, move towards him and, I, and come to the waters. And you who have no money, come, buy and eat. Come, buy wine and milk without money and without cost. I saw you guys sit up a little. Did he say wine? What? With no money. Come and buy. Taste and see that the Lord is good is what he's saying. Come and look at what I have to offer, and it's going to compare to nothing else. And you might say, but you don't know what I've done, Mike. I don't need to know. God knows. You don't know. Are you, are you willing to repent from your sin, from yourself, from your old ways? Are you willing to turn away from that and forsake that? Are you willing to trust in Jesus, who is the author and finisher of your faith? Are you willing to go to him? Oh, but I'm embarrassed. Good. I don't have anything to offer him. Perfect. He knows that. He says, you have nothing to offer me. I need nothing from you. And yet, come. But does he really want me? Is he really serious about that invitation? as serious as the cross that this cross behind me symbolizes. He doesn't just say, come. He says, come. I've made it possible for you to come. You have no money, you're still going to buy because Jesus paid for it already. I love it. Being a wise seeker of God means that you move towards him. Point number two, it also means that you ask for help in your journey. You know, these wise men came. They didn't have all the answers. I love that. All they had was a sign Obviously, some knowledge about the sign, about the Messiah. But then they come to Jerusalem. What do they do? They ask. They go to Herod. He probably have all the, has all the answers. And they go and they ask. What, is, what do they say in verse 2? The first portion, it says, They came saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? We don't have all the answers. We don't know exactly where he's at. We've traveled a long way. We saw some signs. We, knew, we had some information, but we need some help here. And I, as I was reading this portion, that really stood out to me because I think for Christians, for all of us, everybody sitting here, we need help. We need help from one another. Obviously, the Holy Spirit is here to help us and guide us, but then he gave us each other to help each other out. Nobody here, including myself, has all the answers to everything. I will be the first to admit that when I really start thinking about things deeply, my brain hurts, and I realize my inability to figure a lot of things out when it comes to God. And that's all right. 
So nobody should feel, hey, I don't have any money to buy. Good. Oh, you know what? I don't, I don't really know that much. I mean, some of you refuse to get into a growth group because you don't want people to know how little you know. So we're just going to assume trimester one that if you don't join, it's because you don't know anything. <laughs> and we're not going to pick on you. All I'm saying is don't let those things stop you. The wise men would have been stopped on their tracks and said, like, yeah, but what? All we see is a star in the sky. How are we going to find a kid? And somebody must have been extra wise in the group and said, don't worry about it. Once we get there, we'll ask. Well, you know, now thanks to GPS, you know, this idea of guys not asking for directions is not as funny. But for a long time, right, it was funny that guys refused to ask for directions. Well, these guys were 2,000 years ago. They didn't mind being wise already, and they were willing to ask for help. Are you willing to ask for help? How are you getting help in your walk with the Lord? Or you think you got it? You can do it by yourself. Growth groups are a great way to just be honest and say, I don't have it all together. And then you have somebody next to you say, like, well, neither do I. And then the leader would tell you, neither do I. Really? We don't have it all together? None of us do. We need each other. And I love the fact that these wise men were willing to come and say, hey, we've traveled. We're super smart already, but we need some help here. Where is this king of the Jews born? And they get that help that they needed. I think it's a small detail here, but I think for us the application is really important, and, and it could be a big deal to really, and I think in your handout I asked the question kind of like, are you, where or how do you ask for help in your journey, in your spiritual walk? And I hope every, every once in a while I have somebody come around and say like, you know, I'm a Christian, I believe in God, but... I don't like going to church, but I pray and I read my Bible at home every day. Oh, boy, if that's you, it's no longer you because you're here, so I could talk about you, your former you. But that's not enough. How are you going to read the Bible that says love one another, and then you stay home and never express that love? What are you going to do with all those one another commands? So stop that. And, and even now, if you say, well, I go to church on Monday, I don't talk to anybody, and then I'll, I mean, go to church on Sunday, and then I don't talk to anybody. It's not, that's not God's intention. We are the body of Christ. We're all members of one body, and we're individually members of one another, Romans 12 explains. That's amazing. So being a wise seeker of God means, point number two, that you ask for help in your journey. Uh, Proverbs 12, 15 says that the way of fools seems right to them, but the wise listen to advice. We all need advice. Otherwise, you will become really smart in your own opinion, but the Bible really says that you're really a fool. The way of the fool seems right to them. If you think that everything you do is right, you don't listen to advice, you don't ask for help, you put yourself in a dangerous position. Isaiah 41.10, God saying, So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Being a Christian means you've surrendered to the Lord. He is your strength. He is your guide. He is your help. And as a church, we get to receive that through, through one another. Let's wrap it up. Being a wise seeker of God means you move towards him. You ask for help in your journey. And point number three, you understand God's value. How you seek God 
is going to directly be linked to how valuable you think he is. If he's worth a little bit to you, you're going to be willing to sacrifice a little. And you don't have to, don't start backwards. Don't say, God means the world to me. And then somebody will say, like, how do you know? Well, I go to church every once in a while, and I give some of my leftover money to orphans. And see how we start backwards? I mean, if you want to know how much you value God, look at your life. Look at your wallet. Look at where you spend your time. Where do you spend your energy? And that will tell you how valuable God is to you. And how valuable he is to you is going to determine how much you seek him. So Matthew 2, 2, the last portion of that verse is, For we have seen his star in the east, and we have come to worship him. We have made this sacrifice. We have made this journey. And then later on, it says how once they find him, they bring out the tr- little treasure chest and with gold and uh, frankincense and myrrh, and, and these are all gifts worthy of a king. They bring of the best that they have, and they offer it to this child who they believe by faith is the Messiah, the King of the Jews, the Savior of the world. They prove how valuable this Messiah or God is to them by the sacrifices that they make and the gifts that they bring. Matthew 13, verse 45 and 46, the Lord speaking, he says, Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for fine pearls. When he found one of great value, he went away and sold everything he had and bought that pearl. So if you would imagine a merchant who's into pearls, he finally... He devotes his life to pearls. He finds his perfect pearl, and he realizes its value. He says he goes and he sells everything else in order to purchase this one pearl. And the Lord says the same thing about, uh, uh, in that same portion, um, his, his point is when you found God's kingdom, when you found the Lord, you realize how valuable he is. And in this example, you're willing to give up everything else in order to attain that one thing. Uh, Jim Elliott once is famously quoted by saying that he is no fool who is willing to give up that which he cannot keep in order to gain that which he cannot lose. Uh, If you don't know about Jim Elliott, study him, but it is wise of us to be willing to give up everything else that we can't keep anyway in order to gain that which ultimately we cannot lose. Psalm 96.8, we'll wrap it up with that. Psalms 96.8 says, Ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name. Bring an offering and come to his courts. These wise men proved their wisdom and their willingness to see the sign And by faith, make this journey, this sacrifice in order to find the Messiah. And when they find him, they kneel before a child and they worship him. And they bring with them these gifts of great value to show that they believe that this Messiah is worthy of all of that. I love that whole story, beloved. To me, that is what Christmas is about. That's the attitude that I want to have coming into Christmas. I don't want to get 
caught up in the hustle and bustle of Christmas and forget that it's all about him, what he's done for us, and seeing a great example of these magi, these wise men that were seekers of God. My prayer, my hope is that not only as we approach Christmas, but as we wrap up this year and start a new one, by God's grace, whatever time he gives us, that we would use it to seek him, to worship him, to devote, devote our lives to him. In whatever way that, that, that means, you don't have to have the answers. It's going to look different for all of us, but it'll be the most exciting thing you could ever do with your life. That's my prayer. May the Lord bless you. Let me pray. Father in heaven, we're grateful for your blessings. We're grateful for your word. We're grateful for this example of these wise men that you left here in Scripture for us to learn from and to imitate. And we pray, Father, that as we wrap up this 2022 year, that we start 2023, that it will be a year full of wisdom for us, full of uh, a desire, a willingness, an action-packed life as we seek you out to know you better, to understand your word better, to understand ourselves better, and to just live a life that is worthy of your calling. We thank you for sending your son Jesus to die for our sins. We want to know you, love you, and serve you. I pray your blessing as we dismiss in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen.
God, thank you for bringing us here this evening, this morning, Lord. Thank you for um, all your blessings that you give us, Lord. And I pray that as we as we head into this holiday season, this Christmas week coming up, Lord, that we remember that you know we we gather for your for your name and because you were you came and and were born to us in this Christmas season, Lord. And I pray this in your name, Amen. Mm-hmm.